Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop site dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole, back with another episode. As always, thank you so much for continuing to listen and to support. Um, I appreciate your feedback that we get and comments that we always get. Um, so keep listening, keep tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure that you have subscribed and that you rate us. You can do that either on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Um, if you want to keep up with what else we have going on at Small Talk Counseling, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Go Small Talk Counseling. That's G-E-A-U-X Small Talk Counseling. And like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Small Talk Counseling. Um, just to see what else we have going on, um, our blog and um, just other events and programs that we have coming up, check out our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com and make sure you're sharing on your social media pages if you like what you're hearing and seeing. So this week's topic, or this maybe month's topic, um, is about facing fear. I think it's, for some people, you know, it's the start of new school years. Um, the fall also brings about a lot of, like, changing transition for folks maybe on jobs, new fiscal years, things like that. And so um, a lot of times we're often uh, griefed with fear and sort of put in this place where we aren't allowed to grow and to expand um, because of our mindsets. And so I really just want to spend a little bit of time talking about that today and how uh, maybe we can think differently about utilizing fear and stress, which we've kind of talked about on the show before, um, to our benefit versus it being this debilitating thing um, that really doesn't allow us to enjoy life in the way that we should be able to. So today we're talking about facing fear. Um this is based on a Psychology Today article. Y'all know how much I love Psychology Today. Um, and I, what I appreciated about it um, specifically was about um, overcoming fear and this idea of having to go through it. And in a second, I'll give you guys some highlights from it um, as we think about what this looks like. But um, Dr. Spencer, Naomi Spencer, um, is the author. And he really talks about um, the way in which we're able to kind of go along to get along with fear instead of really pushing back at it. And so really being able to make sure that we're not um, embracing fear as a habit um, and really understanding how to treat things like anxiety and depression and worry um, and even trauma um, in ways that uh, typically for most of us, particularly if you belong to a maybe marginalized population or a group that um, often is a part of um, being victimized through violence, uh, you may not have developed that skill set. And so um, I just want us to kind of talk through that a little bit today. Um, so some of the things that 
kind of stood out to me and obviously in thinking about some of my clients that I have and cases that I see, um, when we sort of think about anxiety, we always think about sort of the manifestation through like maybe our behaviors or our cognition. So the way we think, um, but first anxiety starts physically. Um, you know, anxiety is the experience of our nervous system being aroused. And so if your nervous system isn't aroused, then you're really not alive <laughs> in some ways. And so obviously then you can't experience anxiety. And so what is even, you know, understandable, but unfortunate is that most people attempt to cope with feelings of anxiety by avoiding, um, the things that elicit those feelings. So we'll try to diminish those anxious feelings. And like I said, if you're not feeling anything, um, any form of anxiety, then more than likely you're not alive. And so, um, this avoidance ends up preventing your nervous system from being able, um, to habituate. And because of that, you're then guaranteed to continue to fear that object or that situation, um, as normal and being able to understand that every time you come into, uh, interaction with it or encounter it, that anxiety is going to be just as strong. It's never going to help it to subside. And so, um, our goal is to make sure that over time we're not generalizing um, avoidance and generalizing things that stimulate anxiety for us because at some point you'll begin to, you know, avoid in other life areas and soon enough you'll be living sort of in this prison um, of not being able to do the things that you want to do in life, so whatever those pursuits are, business, going back to school, starting a family. Um, and so we don't want to live like that. We do not want to live in fear. So um, as we think about how we face fear, um, when you think about the things that we have, you avoid and, and usually it's because it scares you in some way, um, oftentimes that leads to this feeling of failure. And so every time you avoid that feared object or situation, your anxiety actually gains strength. Um, and so then you sort of accumulate another experience with failing or with avoiding, um, which is for most of us, this like evidence that we need to feel justified in being weak or in um, not feeling strong enough to accomplish a task. And so once you eliminate the practice of trying to get things right, it's really hard to gain any sort of mastery. So this thing that you're fearful of doing, you can't master it if you never face it. And so um, the confidence that you need will never really gain any momentum. Um, you sort of live this like settled life. And so our hope is that we won't um, continue to avoid the things that makes us anxious or fearful um, so that we won't magnify it or maintain it, um, but we really want to get rid of it. And so in order to do that, we have to start capitalizing on those same principles, like forming habits through being exposed to things and really being able to sort of um, create positive improvements through things like therapy, of course. But I mean, therapy is also about the habit, right? So I tell clients all the time that... Um, it's not anything that I'm doing as a therapist that is allowing them to be successful and see their life shifting and changing. It's them forming the habit of taking the things we maybe talk about in therapy, putting them into action in their daily life outside of the therapy room, and then getting to realize that they had that power all along. And so when you expose yourself in that way, um, it really entails facing your fears and of course makes the adverse feeling of having to do that very short and very minimal. And so the long-term goals that you have, um, you know, end up being things that you know that short-term discomfort is a part of, and then you actually end up kind of working through it much quicker, much smoother the more you do it. And so um, 
I mean, I think when you start to think about some of the ways in which you go through anxiety, which is going back to the article, um, you know, the, the author spoke about the fact that the only way, um, to get out of anxiety is through it. And so if you're anxious about something, you will have to deal with those things. So for instance, I do not like spiders. I do not um, like terrible smells. And while these aren't things that necessarily I'm afraid of, I actually am afraid of spiders. Um, I have to at least be brave enough to be able to be in their presence so that I can do what I need to do to get out of the situation. Um, so if I'm af- afraid of something, so for other people that might be things like, uh, you know, they're afraid of elevators or um, they don't like to fly. Um, those are things that at some point, if you don't expose yourself to it and repeatedly sort of push through those anxious feelings and that fear, um, you kind of never get to confront it and you never get to move beyond it. And so you will then have to remember that it's important to stay in those feared situations with that heightened fear response until it begins to subside. And it will, because um, that's how our bodies work. We adjust and we adapt. And so Putting yourself out there for the first time is actually the hardest. Um, and once you're able to do that, you see a huge um, difference in improvement. And so um, a lot of times I think when we sort of think through, um, I guess, the long term thoughts about how we're able to really get uh, to a better place when it comes to facing our fears, really even understanding what are the things we're afraid of. And that's not saying you have to make a list of the things that you, you know, want to avoid or, or don't want to do, but, um, exposure really works better than avoiding, like we just talked about. And so on a psychological level, confronting your fear instead of backing down brings about a sense of accomplishment and empowerment. And so every time you confront a fear, you gain power, which is why knowing what your fears are are important. Um, and then in those same moments, your anxiety loses strength. So then you learn to say things to yourself like, okay, I can tolerate this, or this might be difficult, but it's not impossible, or um, this isn't the end of the world, like I'll be able to push through this. And so every time you um, confront those fears, or you face those fears, or you use positive self-talk, you accumulate evidence of your ability to be able to cope with whatever it is. And so you're able to tell yourself things like, well, I did it yesterday, I'll do it again today, or I got on that plane, you know, three months ago, I'm going to do it again today. And so being able to really think about that is important. On the behavioral level, um, doing those repeated actions help you then develop the skills. So that's where the coping part also comes in. It's not just about the way you think, but behaviorally being able to master things like we talked about earlier, um, it decreases the chance of failure, failure in the future, um, which then reduces the need to be anxious or to worry about not accomplishing something. And so the more we form these habits, the easier it becomes to really be able um, to understand how um, intense fear can be, but also how it kind of robs us of really good experiences. And so just to kind of bring this chat to a close, really thinking about, um, you know, some of these important details, exposure, um, learning new skills and techniques, um, really being able to understand that anxiety is usually tied to core fears and worries and identifying what those are, um, you know, because those can be long list of things. Being able to understand that the sensation that fear creates in us um, is really about habits. And so being able to sort of disrupt those habits while improving 
your ability to be emotionally literate um, is really, really important. And so just learning how to navigate, manage, and work around um, fears that you have is important. Obviously, I'm a huge advocate of utilizing therapy in order to do that and really talking about that. That does not mean that you have to be in therapy forever in order to start that conversation. Um, you can actually, particularly if it's a specific fear or phobia, um, work on that directly and be done with therapy if that's that's what you want. But if you feel like there are long-term, long-standing thoughts or worries, um, then you really need to take some time to address that. So again, A, in the most biased way possible, get you a therapist um, and figure that out. Um, I understand that the exposure part of it is not easy, but living sort of in this prison where you're avoiding things or you're constantly um, at sort of the, in this place of despair um, about uh, your anxiety is not good either. And so that isn't really living life. And so the short-term discomfort that comes with, you know, putting yourself out there and exposing um, yourself to the things that you fear um, is a small price compared to the valuable long-term asset of really being able to live a life that's, you know, free of fear, um, feeling empowered and really feeling like you can accomplish the things that you really, really want to do. So that's our discussion for today about facing fear, dealing with anxiety, thinking about it. If you have more questions, uh, please let us know. Shoot us either an email. Um, you can ask the question through the Ask Dr. LP section. Um, or if you are looking for a therapist in your area and you need um, possible referrals or recommendations, please feel free to also reach out and let us know. So we'll take a quick break right there and we'll be back with our signature segment. Hey, Emerald Couch listeners, we're back with our signature segment in the second half of our show. First up is our pop psych moment of the week. I actually have two um, because one of these, we weren't recording that week, so we missed the date. And I want to go back and make sure that um, I acknowledge this because I thought this was really cool, um, particularly as we're thinking about doing things um, according to fear and facing those fears. And um, actually, both of these probably fit with that. So the first up. Um, is back from last month, August 19th, which was World Humanitarian Day. Um, it's held every year on that day and it's meant to pay tribute to workers, um, who risk their lives in humanitarian service. And I love that this year's theme was centered around women humanitarians, um, because the whole purpose is to really rally support for people who are affected by crises around the world. Um, and so even though when this particular day came around, um, the hurricanes that have plummeled the Bahamas hadn't happened yet. Um, I think it was a good example um, prior to that of making sure that we honor the work, particularly of women um, in crises throughout the world. And so we really focus on these unsung heroes who have long before things um, be- reached the media um, in their communities and their hometowns, um, really work on the front lines um, in some of the most difficult terrains um, of the world. And so you see everything from you know, war wounded in Afghanistan to food insecurity um, around the world to those who have lost their homes in places like um, Central African Republic and the South Sudan, Syria, all these places um, that we see on the news every day. And we never really get a look at the faces behind those people working um, in the midst of those tragedies. And so, of course, we salute those women 
um, who are aid workers from across the world and of course rally around those people who are in need. And so because women make up such a large number of those who risk their lives to save their lives with other, um, they're often the first people, um, you know, to respond and often the last to leave. And so obviously these women deserve to be celebrated. They're needed now more than ever. Um, to continue to strengthen our view as global humanitarians and our response, we should really all be thinking about what we can do to help when things happen. Um, and these are like future world leaders, you know, this is what really being in leadership is, is about. And so, um, we hope that those women continue to dedicate their lives to helping those people affected by crises. But more than anything, I hope that many of us who are listening to this and who are thinking about these women, um, really figure out how we want to dedicate our lives to helping others. And um, so, of course, we want to celebrate them. We want to honor them. Um, and then we want to get involved. And so we missed that date because we weren't recording on that date um, to be able to celebrate it. But I did not want um, to not recognize and honor, especially after what has happened um, here um, in recent weeks in the Bahamas with the hurricane. So um, I definitely just want to make sure that I continue to shout out those women for World Humanitarian Day 2019. So that's our first pop psych moment of the week. Our second um, is special to me because I'm a huge fan. Um, but rumor has it that in December of this year, famed phenomenal singer Adele will be releasing um, her latest album, and so what's interesting, I was talking with friends about this, um, is that Adele has this like, I don't know, crossover power and ability for people to really think deeply about how they um, even release music uh, based on kind of having life things have to have happened in order for her to do so. And she's always said that in interviews, um, she'll make music when she has things to write about. And so... Um, I feel like in some ways for her, she has that kind of Mary J. Blige effect where um, the stories are very real and then people relate to them so well because they're so authentic. However, they're often tied into sad life occurrences. And so what we know from a pop culture perspective is that Adele has, you know, she's a mom now, which I think has changed since her last album. Um, she also recently went through a divorce. Um, and so that's new. And so... Um, she is a good example. We've talked about facing fear of like that epitome of what it means to move forward and kind of live beyond fear. We know that things like divorce is hard. We know that new motherhood is really difficult. Um, and the criticism that comes with both of those from other people who have no clue what you're going through. Um, for her to be able to sort of face that and then also use it, obviously, to continue to advance her career while giving other people um, examples of hope and moving forward. This is what I meant earlier when I was talking about exposure. Um, she's doing that. And so I'm really excited from, you know, fan perspective, but also as we think about examples, um, of people and things, um, that we often have to use to overcome, um, fears that we might have or anxieties that we might have. Adele's a good example. So if you're not a fan, I recommend going back and checking out some of her other um, music. But if you just want to start where she is and start right along with her. Um, so I do hope this rumor is true just for the sake of having um, another example of utilizing life stories to be able to combat things like anxiety, depression, worry, um, newness of life transitions, all those things. So 
Shout out to Adele if the rumor is true. If it's not true, I hope it's coming soon. And that's our second pop psych moment of the week. Um, and then lastly, our last segment is the small talk bookshelf. So I'm super excited about this. It's my latest obsession. Um, for those of you who listen to the show all the time, you know that this segment is about what I'm reading, what I'm exploring, what things, um, are affecting, I guess, my own life and mental health and well-being. And so, um, I think a few episodes back, maybe a few months back, um, we talked about that small talk is venturing out into doing, um, interior decor and design that's specifically uh, centered around wellness. And so I was really excited about this opportunity because we have a huge project that's coming up. Um, and this is playing a really big part in it. But, um, this week's small talk bookshelf is a website known as Joy Bird. That's J-O-Y-B-I-R-D.com. Um, and what I love about this. So first let me tell you what it is and I'll tell you why I love it. So Joy Bird, um, it's actually a furniture company and it was founded on the idea that people should never settle when it comes to their home furnishings. And so instead they want people to have, sort of have the freedom to be bold and to be original. Um, and so they create custom made and kind of curated furniture pieces that are built, um, to meet the needs of whatever their customer would like. So, um, if you have a unique taste or you like bold colors, um, you can get it through Joybird. They have high quality products, um, that are meant to last for a lifetime. And so, um, what I really, really love about it is this concept of like being able to create joy and well-being in all life areas. And so we strive to do that at Small Talk. And so, of course, when I discovered Joybird, um, and again, as we're working on this like top secret, but not so top secret project that I'll tell you more about at the end of the year or closer towards the end of the year, um, Joybird has definitely been a part of that. So I'm super excited about um, being able to see how um, their pieces will fit into this project for us and really being able to have something that represents um, what it means to live a quality life based on being well and based on creating spaces um, that feel good. And I think that that's really, really important for all of us. You know, we did a think a brief episode on um, interior decor and what does it mean to really have therapeutic design be a part of that. And so I'm super excited about what's ahead um, so I'm literally on the Joybird website all the time, just looking at ideas, looking at other, um, customers, like photos to see what they have done to create these like well spaces, um, and spaces that are good for quality of care and health. And so I'm excited for us to get to also create our own. So if you've never checked it out, make sure you do. Again, that's www.joybird.com. Um, if you want to know more about my latest obsession, and that's also this week's small talk bookshelf. So that brings us to the end of another show. As always, if you have questions, make sure you submit them to us. You can do that on Instagram, Facebook, our website, or email us directly at info at smalltalkcounseling.com. Um, on the website, there is a section that is uh, denoted as hashtag AskDrLP, where you can submit questions as well directly about maybe today's topic or other topics, um, and we will read them on the show. As always, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. So many great things ahead. I can't believe how quickly the year is going. It's September already. Um, so we got a lot of work to do, but lots of exciting things coming up. As always, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. Submit your questions to us. And we thank you so much. And we'll see you right here next time on the Emerald Couch. <laughs>